Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Baked. And today, Jake and I are joined by Jenny and Ted, and we are breaking down President Trump and Vice President Biden's debate. And this is part one of that breakdown of, well, this particular fecal fest that was last night's debate. Now, a little bit about our guests. Ted is a software engineer, and Jenny runs an organic tomato garden. They are, up until about two years ago, what uh, what you thought of when someone said they were from Portland. They are awesome folks. They're some of the kindest, uh, smartest, uh, well-thought-out, polite folks I know, and I forced them to watch the debate. And if you watch the debate, then you know. We don't have to tell you, because you know. But one of the things that I learned about the debate is that no matter who you were going to vote for before the debate, you're still going to vote for that person afterwards. This didn't change your mind at all. You just got to see two angry old guys be angry old guys. There will be a part two of this particular sit-down, hopefully coming a little bit later today. Also, Jake and I will be doing a breakdown of the debates that's just the two of us. So pay attention to the feed, keep it going, and be sure to check out the new website, streamingserviceandchill.com. No, I think you should always be superimposed over like Kanye West or vice versa. <laughs> we should all be superimposed with Kanye West. It's true. Kanye compares himself to Jesus, and then you are Jesus and Papa Kanye. It's good. Isn't there a little Kanye West in all of us? Not, not uh, me. <laughs> I don't know. That, that could go in an arcane direction. <laughs> I don't know. It's a terrible point, but nonetheless, it's a point. If... If Kanye West were elected president, then that would mean that it, at one point, our we had a, a first lady that had a ranking on Pornhub. And I think that that, in itself, it's part of that whole new generation of firsts. We've had a lot of firsts uh, in, uh, in the Oval Office in the last, like, I, I don't know, 20 years. A whole lot of interesting things have, have kind of gone on. And tonight, we saw... Um, one of the most entertaining debates of, of anything that I've ever seen in, in my life. And, and it was done for, for probably the most important job I can think of, um, off the top of, uh, off the top of my head. I would really like to hear, um, Ted, uh, Jenny, you, you two live, uh, you two live in, in Portland. You live very, very far away from where Jake and I live. One of those evil blue states? Yeah, one of those ones. Um, like, so, so just a little bit about uh, Alaska. Alaska is such a red state that Jake and I can gloat about being libertarians, and it doesn't matter because everyone's going to vote for, for Trump anyway. You live in a place that is, is not, and you, I'm assuming probably not fans of, uh, of the Trumpster. But nonetheless, that's neither here nor there. That's not why we're here. We are here because you two are really smart and entertaining. And I and I need your input. I need to know what is in your soul um, 
for after watching these debates, which were on one hand, uh, I think really good solid evidence that we might be living in a simulation um, and everything is being run by 15 year olds with, uh, with joysticks. Uh, but like the old school, like Atari ones. Yeah, you know, yeah, the ones out. from war games, not the ones from uh, um, one button in the left corner. Yeah, I mean, really, in the war games kind of way. This we're living in really interesting times. What was your take on on the debate? First of all, uh, Ted, what did you think? What were your expectations going into this? Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. Um, Trump's way of speaking can be like oh um odd and um he's definitely not interested in like giving people a chance to be heard so that um was there in the debate um yeah i was curious to see how biden would like put up with that because um he can't like be too weak but he can't be too argumentative i thought that he like walked that one in very well i think i was most disappointed though um in chris wallace because I was really hoping that they would have a dunk tank for both candidates, and when they needed them to shut up, they would just like hit the thing and they would want a dunk tank, um, which I know is a challenge because they're both a little old. But um, that was what I was hoping for. You just drown the candidates. I didn't say drown. They're only like, <laughs> like just a couple of feet of water. It can even be room temperature. Yeah, I don't know what I I expected going in. My, my biggest question is whether or not we do get to see a round two, because if you are um, if you are of the opinion that Joe Biden should not uh, have a debate with um, with Donald Trump because Donald Trump isn't going to be respectful, he's going to be loud, he's going to be Donald Trump. Um, all of those arguments were kind of validated tonight. Um, I don't know. I don't know what a round two would look like. Um, we well, President. I was going to say, in fairness, though, we've seen Biden. We've seen both Trump and Biden come out of nowhere and win something later on. Like there was, there was almost zero chance Biden was going to be the um, the Democrats' candidate. So I don't know. Maybe he comes on late, but. Um, but I think he was absolutely destroyed in this debate. Um, I think he felt like when he, we talked about this, when he broke the fourth wall, I think he did amazing. But when he fell into Trump's game, you know, it's like uh, you argue with an idiot, they'll bring you down to their level and then beat you with experience. Um, and I think, uh, I think Biden fell for that a bit. And, you know, the stutter came back. Um, he got a little incoherent at times. And I think what, what we saw happen was I think Trump solidified like the people that were on his side four years ago, but like we're kind of iffy now. Um, I think he's won that base back. Um, and I think Biden in this may have created some doubters, but you also have to look like the nation is a complete dumpster fire at the moment. Yeah. The question I have, which I, when I hear Trump speak or fight or whatever we're going to call it, I always try to figure out 
if he was coached to act a certain way or coached to just figure out how to push people's buttons to kind of draw out their negative qualities, I was really surprised that that happened so quickly in the debate. I thought that Biden would hold back a little bit and he, and it's like at the end of it, he was just telling him to shut up, which I understand if you're interrupting somebody and you're disrespecting them, but is there some kind of tactic or genius behind his behavior? I'm really puzzled. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was really surprised by that too. Cause look, it's like Biden's talked about having a stutter and a speech impediment and having to work for so long to get that under control. And that it was like, um, an issue with speaking and never like a cognitive impairment and, um, being on like a, like a, a role being able to speak in complete sentences is like important for that. And Trump interrupted that so many times. So I think that that was um, like a kind of underhanded personal attack against his disability. And that seemed kind of unfair and it also seemed a bit subtle. Trump also was very overt too in his personal attack. There were a few times where um, Biden would um, say something like when he was criticizing the coronavirus response, Biden used the word smart, to, um, dis uh, saying it was not smart to describe Trump's um, response. And Trump took that to um, say that Biden, I think he said that Biden forgot what university he went to and graduated last week's class and just completely dismissed the fact that like 200,000 people had died. Um, instead, he was interested in um, distracting from that problem and drawing attention to some perceived fault in Biden. I think, um, I think, okay, so Trump to uh, um, a lot of us comes across as an absolute idiot and a moron and has just kind of been handed everything and whatnot. I think we're actually seeing how exactly, I mean, we know he, we know he has narcissistic traits, so he can, he probably plays down, in my opinion. I think he plays down too, because he knows, you know, he knows like the, for lack of a better term, like the common man, the, you know, the pickup truck driving, the people that country music stars pander to. Um, like, I, I think he's far more intelligent and sinister than we've given him credit for. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, something that I keep thinking about the last few weeks is I believe Trump might be the first president we've ever had who finds a key demographic, like the, the lower class, maybe not as educated people don't have much money or resources. He is like a voice to these people and they feel like they see themselves in him and, and therefore they could someday be successful like him if he were to have all of the things that he wanted to make them successful that the Democrats weren't taking away from him or whatever. I don't know, but like he, he sees a key demographic. He speaks to them. He understands them. They look up to him. I live in a very red community. Jake and I live in a very, very red community. Like, um, like the streets are painted in blood. Yeah, yeah, they're so <laughs> Yeah, uh, basically, more or less. Um, so, like, I, I kind of, I think that Trump is telling 
he's saying F you for a lot of people um, or, or to a lot of people that a lot of people want to say F you too. A lot of people have wanted to say F you to, to Nancy Pelosi or, or Chuck Schumer or, or whoever these, um, these elected officials that have been around way too long. We saw a video recently of, uh, of Jerry Nadler potentially shitting himself at a press conference. Um, and, and I've made, I've had an accident myself. I'm a grown man. Uh, I'll own it. I've, I've, I've had it. I put my pants a couple of times, but Happening right now, it, it's the only thing that happy actually. Um, it's actually, I'm so, I'm so full of joy right now. My, and my pants, they're warm in the front and the back. It's a, it's a special moment. It's a special, no, it's, it, if you can share it with a loved one, it's even better. It's very German. It's, um, in fact, uh, one of the things that um, I like to imagine is that people go to the Schnitzel Bomber, um, which is a very fine German restaurant here, and they get fermented foods. And then uh, Sensei get extra Deutsche. Yeah, that went way too far. I think I'm, I apologize. But <laughs> yeah, but there was a debate too. Yeah, why, why wasn't that part of the, de the debate? Because more or less, I think that's kind of what happened on, uh, on the debate. We saw Trump uh, really crank himself up. And, and what I came down to, and I think one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves is which side are we on? Are we on the side of in that particular debate, the, the bully or the guy that was getting bullied? See, I didn't know that uh, Joe Biden... Uh, was at one point dyslexic. I uh, is that what he, what you, he was dyslexic? Yeah, the speech impediment. The speech he's impediment. So he's he's had to have numerous hours of coaching to be able to speak publicly without stuttering. It's something that like he's had his entire life. That's been really difficult for him to overcome. And it's, it's yeah, and he, speech impediment. It's yeah, not like, it's not a cognitive impediment. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think, and I honestly, I think. Trump going in like new, like if I rattle him, it's coming right back. And then yeah. I can start making that argument. Whereas uh, this was, I, and I think we may see Biden come out um, stronger later if he uses, Biden wanted the tactic of speaking to the American people, not getting caught into Trump's game. And I think honestly, he needs to come out and rattle Trump. I think you roll in with the, um, you know, like the economy is as bad as your hair. Like you just, you know, you just start like, start like, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, just, you know, hit, just hit the narcissist in him, rattle the narcissist and get the rage. Now, one of the things that I was curious to see was, are we going to see uh, signs of dementia? Because what we do see, what I see in, in the memes that come from the place that I live, they're very much about uh, uh, Joe Biden having dementia. And I didn't see that today. Like I saw him when he was able to answer clear, concise, uh, concise and no one was jumping down his throat and yelling. Um, I saw a guy that was able to answer questions. Yeah, he was able to stay on subjects like remarkably well, despite you know what you were saying. And he also had um, like quick responses to what um, Trump had to say he like he debated well and it, it showed that you know he's been a legislator for decades. Um, what did you think about uh, 
Trump being uh, bringing up Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's. Um, I, I thought I thought that Joe Biden did a an almost decent job of like the fake rage at uh, um, uh, at Donald Trump. He was like jumping into the defense of my son Bo before anyone got there. Um, and I, you know, I thought that Trump deflected that pretty well. I don't know anything. I don't know Bo, but I know Hunter um, and, and trying to bring it back. But what did you think of, of Joe Biden and his response to the attacks on his son? I thought he responded like well and, and calmly. Um, I, um, uh, I was kind of surprised by the way he asked it, Trump, the way Trump asked it. He, he asked about um, Joe's son without saying which one. And it was like already kind of coming in a, in a bad direction in, in the form of the question. And that really caught me off guard knowing that, um, you know, uh, he's, he's a bereaved parent, that he um, lost his, his son. And, um, that was what I was thinking about when I first heard that. I don't know if that's what you were thinking about. I, I, that's, um, I think, my lens because I, um, I, I lost a son too. Pablo, is, as you know, um, Bill, and I bet you probably heard that a little bit too when you were thinking about the question. I always thought families were off limits. Like, I've been a politician. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think especially in this case when you like, have this like nebulousness about whether you're talking about a candidate's dead son. I honestly, I really, I, I, not to move too far away from the debate, but kind of what I, um, what I got out of this when we're going to elect a president, because honestly, I feel like we have two terrible options right now. Um, well, we have a third great option, but she's we not going to get it. We have like four real options, okay? We have yeah. a Green Party and we have a, a Libertarian Party. And and what we heard from, from Joe Biden today was that he is not the candidate of the far left. Joe Biden Joe Biden ran as, a mo as, as the absolute moderate uh, version uh, of whatever you thought or whatever, I don't know, people were expecting. Or whatever they were told he was going to be, they, yeah. they pushed down his throat. Is that he's he is the face of the new left, um, which is weird because it it was, I felt like he was selling himself as a return to the status quo, but the status quo is kind of what led us here in the first place. It's a weird thing because the same guy who who pushed his being part of the status quo as a virtue is what led us to Donald Trump. Yes. No, uh, exactly. And, um, well, and I, of, I often say, like, um, you know, Donald, Donald Trump is our creation. Like, this is what the voter had made. This is what the Republican Party had built. Um, and, and I honestly, like, like, he's our own monster. He's our Frankenstein. Um, but I, I think, like, when we look at this, uh, it's, I mean, we're really, are we, we're voting against the tyrannical, lying, crazy man, or, like, the, like, the kind of the weak little, you know, kid that gets, like, peed on on the bus, 
you know. I, I mean, know. in which who do you want? Who do you want to be the leader? I don't know. I think that Biden is just um, a lot more kind and friendly. I don't think that he's weak. I think that he's like considerate and deliberate. And I think that a lot of people perceive that as weak because they expect someone to be with yelling and screaming. Um, and, and Trump gives us that. Um, and in contrast, it may seem that way, but I think it's um, just returning us back to like a more rational society. And, and I, I I agree with you uh, as far as your your analysis of Biden. I just think that um, I think that's how the debate came across. Like I think Biden came across um, as just like. I mean, neither, nothing got solved. There was no real answers to anybody's questions or, well, Wallace's questions. I think Wallace comes across extremely weak, um, but uh, can't even moderate your own debate. He's not. Um, yeah. The, um, but, I mean, yeah, by the end of it, you had, you had Biden stuttering and you had Wallace, like you said, sounding like he was about to cry. Um, and I, I think, like, a lot of Americans look more at... Um, and this is purely speculation, but I think they, they I think they're gonna look more at like, oh yeah, Trump's, you know, anti the man, you know, the you know, he you know, he's strong, good, solid leader. And Biden came across as just, you know, even though he was being respectful and like he would pause for Trump to interrupt him quite frequently, which is I think I think is a great trait in somebody to be like, okay, I'll let you finish your thought and speak and then I will continue with mine but I think it came across as he was just like he was just ran over by the train yeah I I don't know how much of that is the moderator's fault though I used to work in production and when we were watching the debate I looked over at Ted and I said they can mute whoever's microphone the microphone of the person yelling yeah they can they can shut their microphone off. They didn't have to do that. So I was really confused as to why they were letting the interruptions happen, why somebody from production wouldn't just turn the mic off. Like, if anything, that would have made the viewers critical of the news network that was airing it more so than the person who won't be quiet and let the other person speak. And how cool would it be to be the guy that, like, shut off the president's mic? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just really interesting because when I used to think of politics, I used to think of people who were educated and refined and people who thought before they speak, who had tactics and knew the direction that were, they were going to go in. And I feel like Trump is just, emotional all of the time like he's a very emotional speaker and I think I guess people like that quality in him because they can relate to it but when he's so over the top and emotional and anyone next to him in, in comparison is going to seem boring or weak or petty or something like what do you do how do you beat the person who speaks over you who makes things up who's extremely extremely confident and self-absorbed and successful how, how do you win with that that's the question i think yeah that's the guidance camp i think it brought us all here um 
it was I think the way you win with that is like counting all of the people who died from coronavirus and the unemployment statistics, the like concerns about climate change. We've had like these crazy fires here in, in Oregon um, that we could talk about. Um, there have been a lot of things that haven't been going well this year. Like most things haven't been going well this year. And um, a lot of them are things that um, Trump has had some ability to influence and has chosen not to. And I think that's, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's the tactic that Biden's camp probably initially wanted him to go in with. But I think Trump derailed him and got him, you know, got him into stuttering Joe. And, um, and like, I mean, because it seems real simple to, like, honestly, before this debate, I was like, this is easily Biden's election. Yeah. I mean, but after this debate, I'm like, ah. You know, like Trump came, I think Trump came across really well, even though it was all BS. Um, and I think Biden should have pressed like the real issues that, the, yeah, the number of the deaths, the handling of the coronavirus, like everything. Um, there's so much stuff that Biden could have just been like, here's stats, here's facts, here's where we really are. But he got like, I think he got rattled and he got caught into the, I mean, he's at the point where he's defending his kids, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was honestly laughing so hard at this. I wasn't even paying attention to all of the details. I'm, I just have to be honest. That's <laughs> your favorite insult because I, at one point, I was I was keeping count of how many times Joe Biden said, "Now here's the deal," and I stopped counting at around six within like the first fifteen minutes. Um, I stopped counting with Trump arguing with uh, with the mentor. I also stopped counting on, on I'm sorry, moderator. Uh, I also stopped counting on uh, Biden with the moderator. But Biden called Trump a clown. Um, I, I gave up on like Trump's insults, but they were they were pretty interesting. Like you're not smart, that nobody cares. I brought back Big Ten football. The people of Ohio are proud of me. I saw that. Yeah, that was so strange. But you know what, though, Bill? Like, you're a dad. You've seen your toddlers act like this before. <laughs> That's 100% true. Like, you you know, this is this is a way that um, the children are behaving, you know? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. It's an interesting thing, but they're um, – just it was two old men screaming, and really, what I'm excited for is um, the guy who gets onto YouTube first with the deep fakes and and throws in uh, Walter Matthau uh, and Jack Lemon because that is essentially what it's going to come down to. And you and we're getting to a point where we can software mimic the those two uh, and their voices. You don't really need to, but you could just replace those two. And it's grumpy old men. It's two angry old men um, who I felt like I was, well, I was definitely being played to by both of them. Both of them were going in and they were playing this role that they knew they were going to be playing when they walked in. in my so it comes down to the, to the ties. Man, yeah, yeah. I, you know, Who had the better tie? 
man, the conspiracy theory, uh, conspiracy theorist in me was like, was going off on the ties. I was like, that's what it comes down to. Like how crazy, how crazy and down the rabbit hole do I go to figure out who's evil? And it really came down to the ties. I do have to say though, Trump looks less orange tonight than he usually does. I think that he changed his tanning formula and it looks better. And I like, I'm not saying that like he looks good or anything like that. Maybe like, it's not the same Trump. He doesn't look as orange as he used to. Like they, they did a better job like matching some kind of someone pigment somewhere. So what Trump's if, a twin? What if you were to find out that you know that whatever news source you were using was uh, darkening his face the same way that Fox News does, or, or they're altering the the face? Would it change the way that you thought about how information is presented to you? Because one of the things that I think we've seen since 2016 is we're getting, all we're getting anywhere is commentary, right? Like the idea of what is news and what isn't news really doesn't matter. And it's every, everything is commercial breaks, right? Everything is there to, if it's football, it's everything in the rules is there to sell you something during a commercial break. Um, do you think that this would have benefited from commercial breaks? Like, do you think, do you think fact checking should be a thing? And who well, does it? We both, like, our our primary news source is reading the New York Times, so we're, we're both pretty good at keeping up with those details, but for people out there who don't want to spend $5 a month to look at the New York Times' site and look at these statistics and, like, see what's actually going on, I don't, I don't know. So people, most people in this country, you would say, like, get their news from like CNN or Fox News or something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's also like this question of like what's news and what's true and all of that, and that's like been kind of a philosophical quagmire for at least thirty years. It's like, well, well, I think you get to pick your own truth. Well, yeah, I mean, you get people who like agree with you, people who disagree with you. So, like, I've, I've like chosen things that I think um, are true and I think like um, almost entirely are, are actually true. Um, but I imagine most people would say that about the things that they believe, including um, their um, prejudices and biases. Like I, um, I have like a, a prejudice that like um, recycling is a good idea and people should do it. Um, and that's like a pretty benign one. But there are all kinds of other things that um, people have their strong feelings about. So, uh, I mean, the question of fact-checking, I think, just, like, brings us down into this rabbit hole, like, whose facts we're talking about. And I don't know that it's actually helpful to do in, like, a, a broad forum to have, like, some kind of, um, like, commercial breaks, but that's addressed, or even to have, like, some subtext or, like, a sidebar. Um, some of these things um, are, like, objective um, facts, like the number of people who died from coronavirus, um, uh, number of like acres from like wildfires and um, unemployment statistics and things like that. Those are, you know, those are facts, but um, people will interpret those in any way that they wish. And unemployment as like a statistic, for example, isn't even that useful because it doesn't count people who've given up looking for work or people who are underemployed, who are only working a few hours a week and not making enough money. So um, you can choose to interpret things however you want, and by forcing fact-checking on this situation, you just re- reaffirm that bias in a new way. That was a really smart answer, and I'm really glad that I know you. 
And in part two of our conversation, we get into what's actually going on in Portland versus what's being reported to us on the outside of the city. All right, I want to say thank you very much to our guests, Jenny and Ted, again, collectively known as Jed. I like these people. They're very sweet people. All right, um, any movie recommendations? Leave them in the comments below. I'd love to hear from you. You can leave them, by the way. It's best to leave them on the Instagram page. That is at Woke and Vague Podcast on Instagram. Uh, but you can also leave them below on our SoundCloud page or uh, in the link on streamingserviceandchill.com. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Have a great afternoon, great evening, whatever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much.